0: So, what happens uh, when the Israelites forget everything they've learned? The Book of Deuteronomy, that's what. Welcome to this episode of The Grain Offering. Hey, let's spend some time in God's holy word. Looking for a sign in God's holy word So let's start hearing those stories new and old From these two brothers, hot takes and fear that's cold They go together like pasta and meatballs They're undeterred, bringing you God's holy word So, uh, Jeremy, welcome to the uh, actual like, in-person stuff. Well, I should welcome you. This is my house. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So, <laughs> Welcome to the in-person Oh, stuff. awesome. Thank you. Thank you. A beautiful, beautiful house. Uh, I see yeah. the backdrop for in-person. That oh, no, not a virtual backdrop. Yeah, it's not a virtual <laughs> backdrop. I can confirm that it's not a virtual <laughs> backdrop. <laughs> <laughs> So, well, thank you for, for having me in, in your home and yeah. you know being willing to record in person. Yeah. Um, for those of you who don't know, this is our very first episode in person. Uh, we've done digital recording before, like mm-hmm. via distance, but yeah, we're finally able to do it in person. So uh, welcome to this episode of The Great Offering. Uh, today we're going to be wrapping up the Pentateuch by talking about the book of Deuteronomy. Um, now, Deuteronomy is probably one of the more complex books of the of the Pentateuch um exodus is kind of straightforward with its stories and stuff like that deuteronomy is very like (laughs) dense (laughs) yeah yeah i mean i would say deuteronomy deuteronomy is the launching point to the rest of the uh, hebrew scriptures yeah so understanding the trajectory of the hebrew canon is is understanding deuteronomy yeah. correctly? directly yeah definitely and in many cases jesus quotes deuteronomy when oh, yeah. he's confronted by the pharisees and the yeah. scribes so yeah. so um all right well by this point people know what we're doing here but just to just to remind everybody the grain offering uh, we've jeremy and i are both uh youth pastors we work with students and uh, we both love the bible we both love drinking beer so we decided hey let's start a show called the grain offering the grain offering itself comes from leviticus mm-hmm. um and it's you know the directions on how to prepare the grain offering to present to god so since beer is made from grain we drink beer therefore beer and the show is our grain offering so that's <laughs> airtight logic right airtight not <laughs> heretical oh yeah at not at all so uh, if we burst into flames maybe we'll get some more views <laughs> <laughs> not clickbait not clickbait <laughs> <laughs> Youth fast is burning to flame. <laughs> all right so um what beer have you uh chosen for uh this this week's episode of deuteronomy all right so i have it back here jeff i'll be reaching back and forth here for a while usually i just off screen is my desk so i usually have it there but uh he's there today so don't want to reach over anyway today i have a purple haze raspberry lager mm-hmm. now uh if i'm correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't a A Bita like the, the, um, soda company from Louisiana. That's a great question. (laughs) Cool. Awesome. (laughs) I don't have a great answer. Sweet. Um, leave it, I guess, in the comments below. Yeah, I guess so. so. Let let us know. Or don't. Yeah. Or don't, you know, it's your choice, your life. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, uh, why'd you choose that one? Um, partly because it was in the fridge, right? Mm -hmm. I'm starting to see a, a trend here. Yeah, for sure. Um, the other part of it was because it was in the fridge and not a beer that my wife chose oh so i'm leaving the good stuff for for her um a very sacrificial of you yeah kind of like deuteronomy i guess <laughs> <laughs> cool all right well, what would you choose i have a uh saint sebastian it is a uh, belgian ale and uh, the reason i chose this one is when i was doing the research for deuteronomy and what beer pairing to to do with it uh, this one came up as one of the more smoother Belgian ales and uh, the whole thing that we're going to be talking about in in Deuteronomy is the fact that uh, it is the second giving of the law and basically Israel's is given this choice that if they abide by the law if they follow the law then everything will go well for them like the blessings of God will flow everything will be smooth yeah, yeah. like like this ale. Yeah, yeah. Um but if if they don't then, then you get whatever's left over in the fridge. Then you get whatever's left over in the <laughs> fridge. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so um so yeah, that's uh that's what I chose for for this uh, week's episode, and it's yeah. cool because it has like this little bottle stopper in case I don't finish it. So nice. Yeah. All right. So uh, Jeremy, why don't you go ahead and crack open yours, and then I'll uh I'll borrow your uh your your bottle opener. Pry off cap. Abita brewed with spring water. Oh. That was easier than I expected. All right. I also didn't show the label, so there we go. All right, Jeremy. Well, this is the first time we're able to do this in person. Yeah. So, cheers. Mm. that's pretty good mine's okay yeah i like that (laughs) a lot Mm. nice okay so um jeremy as we've been going through the pentateuch we've been going through you know who the author when it was written that sort of thing we've all already talked about the the problematic uh thing of moses being the author yeah but uh i thought uh today's was really really great oh, yeah. so um i'm gonna give you the the basics yeah. of the overview of, of deuteronomy mm-hmm. and again i have my notes here because you know i might have graduated seminary but i'm not smart enough to remember this off the top of my head <laughs> so gotta write it down so the book of deuteronomy um as as recorded by the the research that i did the author is moses and unnamed scribes oh, okay <laughs> So, that part i believe <laughs> right, right so i thought it was funny because it's just like you know uh genesis exodus leviticus numbers almost just just moses yeah, yeah. but then we get to deuteronomy it's like moses and some unnamed scribes yeah. i mean yeah i have some thoughts on that but keep going okay we'll come back to that all right so uh it's thought that the date written is about 1400 bc uh, like we've you know talked about uh with with leviticus last uh numbers last time mm-hmm. <laughs> forgetting um, and then the period covered is about a 50 year period 1450 to 1400 BC. Um, and the the famous storylines, because again, we've talked about you know famous stories of of these books, there's two main ones that pop out. One is the Golden calf episode. although it's not written like it is in Exodus, it's it's written from the from Moses' perspective. So his leadership, his his reaction to the Israelites creating the golden calf, that is recounted in chapters nine and ten. now, yeah. Is that written as a reflection or is that written as happening again? It is written, from what I understand, it is written as a reflection for why Israel needs to follow the law. Okay. So, yeah. La- later on in Deuteronomy, the Ten Commandments are brought up in great detail again. Right. And it could be confusing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah Especially totally. Especially when I was first reading through the Bible you know, the 10 commandments in Sunday school, Mm -hmm. you think like, okay, this is the 10 commandments. I get them in Exodus, right? Yeah. Like done, you know, all over. And then you get to Deuteronomy. It's like, oh, wait, I thought we already covered this. I thought we did this already. Right. Right. Which is actually a good point because Deuteronomy itself, the word means second giving Mm -hmm. of the law. So we'll, we'll get into that. So the first major story is the golden calf episode from Moses's uh, perspective. And then the very end of Deuteronomy chapters 31 through 34 is the death of Moses. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is like a huge, huge piece to the Israelite history. Um, Because, well, I think it's worth mentioning after we're done with Deuteronomy, we're going to go into the book of Judges. And uh, one of the things that comes up time after time with the judges is is that after a judge dies, Israel kind of reverts back to their sinful ways. So Moses passing is kind of has a similar effect. where the israelites kind of like like oh our leader's gone we can do whatever we want you know so yeah i mean moses is the main character throughout the entire uh, pentateuch yeah really he's not mentioned in genesis but again genesis is all the precursor to right leading up to the story yeah 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 Yeah. okay so um the major storylines that we have in in the book of deuteronomy there's four major arcs and they're the first and last one are, are smaller arcs uh really paving the way for the two middle ones so the first one is the history of the wanderings so chapters one through four it's it's basically recounting for israel like why they're in the wilderness (laughs) like they have to be reminded like oh yeah we we done messed up like we're you know like we're out here for a reason you know yeah um and then in chapters five through 26 which is the the main chunk of deuteronomy is the review of the law and again, like I said, the word Deuteronomy means second giving. So the the second giving of this law. So the main chunk of Deuteronomy focuses on the review of the Mosaic law. And then uh, chapters 27 through 30 are the, the repercussions of that. So like if you follow the law, everything will go good for you. If you don't, yep. then things are going to go bad. Chapter 28. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which I will get to. Yeah. Um, and then finally, like I said earlier, chapters 31 through 34, the the death of Moses and that that marking like a big point in Israel's history. Right. So. Um, so, yeah, uh, those are the, the major story arcs. And uh, I have a few questions for us, but like always, you know, things are going to, you know, go how they go. Mm-hmm. But um, to get us kicked off, Jeremy, the first question I have for you on section one uh, for the history of the wanderings is uh, why the history lesson? <laughs> um yeah i mean why the history lesson you're the historian i see what you do there a little little reverse psychology (laughs) (laughs) um i think why we see the the history lesson is because remember when we left off in the book of numbers they had come up to the cusp of the promised land they sent out the spies the spies came back 10 of them were like we can't go there there's nephilim we can't uh." Mm -hmm. um So instead of going into the promised land they end up wandering around for a little bit longer and by the time that deuteronomy starts what you see is you see the generation of adults that had been brought up out of egypt start to to die off and their their offspring the ones that had been born in the wilderness that had been born free are starting to grow up so the they need to be reminded what they're like why they are where they are like uh, i i like to think of it like this too of like any history class that i've been a part of any good history class i should say (laughs) that's the trick (laughs) that's the trick any good history class always focuses the historical narrative around you know that's why you're sitting here in this classroom right now you know what i'm saying right so you have the grand scheme you have the grand scope of your history of your historical narrative but the professor or the teacher or whoever will be able to say this decision here is why we are doing this right now. Um, For instance, like right now we're sitting in your apartment in Berkeley and we're about, what, two blocks from UC Berkeley campus. Mm -hmm. Um, All my history classes at Berkeley always would have just one little section on, you know, this is how the historical narrative of this affected what we do here at Berkeley. So it was always like reminding us that what happened in the past affects us today. Right, and there's also the cliche that, Floats around a lot of, um, you know, if you forget the past, history is bound to repeat itself, mm, which I hate, but <laughs> yeah, hence the cliche. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but the the thing about cliches is that there's always at least a shred of truth sure. to them. Sure. Yeah. And I, I agree. I, I don't like the, the phrase, you know, those who don't know their history are doomed to repeat it. Like, I just don't like that. Mm -hmm. phraseology Um, but I remember having a professor who who really put that that cliche into context for me and he said that history doesn't repeat itself because there's no historical period that's going to repeat itself right but history certainly rhymes and what he meant was is that things that happen um, again tend to have similar rhymes to what has happened in the past right but there's a different context to it right so the idea being is that those who don't know their history, they're going to play into these bad rhymes yeah. to repeat themselves. Yeah. One that has been ringing around in my head, which I'm sure we'll get to later. Mm-hmm. And maybe not later in this episode, but later on in whatever this becomes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Later on in the Old Testament, you see um, King Solomon known for wisdom, known for being mm-hmm. a great king right you know Mm -hmm. great wise king Mm -hmm. um stockpiling weapons and munitions and um forming alliances with foreign countries that really israel has no business being a part of yep and being called out by the prophets for doing so yeah um and then you see israel go into a state of chaos because their their majority of people are not being taken care of Mm -hmm. because the um The elites are again stockpiling money stockpiling weapons stockpiling food Mm -hmm. um and to your point there's a rhyme to that where oh that uh, that country of israel of under solomon's reign is is dealing with some issues you know i think it's safe to say that there are are, uh countries in this world Yeah. where you know they stockpile weapons mm-hmm. and they stockpile and resources and and, yeah yeah and uh are entering a state of chaos <laughs> uh we're filming in the united states oh huh. Huh. No, no no it wouldn't happen here <laughs> no of course not yeah it could, it could um, never happen here yeah of course not it's not like you know billionaires are getting tax breaks while we're trying to figure out how to support each other with, yeah uh, $600 Six, for the past. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Deuteronomy. <laughs> so, so anyway, I think the history lesson because it's it's a younger generation of yeah. Israelites and they you know, being born free, their their perspective is is fundamentally different than their parents perspective was coming out of Egypt. So they need to be reminded like why they are where they are. Yeah. Um because that without knowing how devastating slavery was in egypt Mm -hmm. they need to know like why they're there (laughs) you know yeah so remember where you come from Mm -hmm. which is again a a common theme that rhymes throughout the entire old testament is remember what happened remember who i am you know yeah so again like it's it's a younger generation they need to be reminded um they're still wandering around they haven't inherited the promised land uh but at this point it's kind of their own fault (laughs) for not inheriting promised land. <laughs> it's their fault not their parents fault yeah it's, it's not it's their fault not their parents fault um so yeah yeah okay yeah <laughs> um you had mentioned uh moses and these unnamed scribes like oh. i wanted to i wanted to circle back to that yeah absolutely so go go for it so um now you have a certain date i think you said 1400 bc uh BCE. yes um yeah, yeah possibly um <clears throat> deuteronomy has a lot of parallels with babylonian um inscriptions specifically from the king okay um and the the speech that moses gives has strong echoes of a babylonian uh king's uh, script of mm. sorts to the people for a declaration of how to live okay so like it has parallels to like a, a royal decree yeah yeah a world yeah okay. that, that's the word royal decree <laughs> okay um, see that's why we have each other <laughs> yeah absolutely um so that parallel puts deuteronomy uh puts its writing in a post-exilic or in either an exilic or post-exilic context mm, interesting um so, again, calling back to the the issues that we have with Moses, like, saying, like, oh, Moses has to be yeah. the author. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Moses, okay. Moses, he gone. He, he dead. He, <laughs> he, yeah, he's, he's not there in the time of the exile. Right, right. Um, that we know of. Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> uh, I mean, he shows up transfigured in the New Testament, so who's to yeah. say? But yeah. not, anyway, anyway, heresy aside. Getting get ahead of it ourselves. Um. <laughs> Yeah, so Deuteronomy definitely parallels uh, Babylonian decrees Mm -hmm. uh, in an exilic or post-exilic time period. Mm -hmm. Um, And similar to what I brought up earlier with Solomon, um, which prophet is it? Uh, Nathan, I think. Mm -hmm. Prophet Nathan gives um, Israel a bunch of warnings about Here's what's going to happen when you get a king they're going to stockpile horses they're going to stockpile weapons <laughs> they're, they're going to take many wives they're going to take your sons into their army right yeah they're yeah. going to take however much of your land and your harvest and your your uh wine and and all that um later down the road first maybe second kings probably second kings i think mm-hmm. maybe i don't know um solomon is called out for doing the exact things that are the warnings in it would have been first samuel Mm -hmm. uh when saul is being anointed yeah Um, so it would have would have been nathan the prophet right i think so yeah i'll i'll uh i'll correct it down here (laughs) if 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 we're wrong (laughs) (laughs) um so you see that you if you read the bible uh kind of book by book Mm -hmm. it's this this crazy prophetic voice yeah which it is right yeah um prophecy i think growing up we often think of prophecy as like oh you're you're a fortune teller you're you're foretelling the future you're seeing into a situation and bringing wisdom yeah um but there are prophecies in this world that are just kind of blatantly obvious right like sure if you act recklessly you will get into reckless situations right at some point right Um, and maybe that never happens and maybe that's fine but you can observe the world around you and make a claim and often that claim will become true Mm. yeah so for the prophets of israel when they see radical injustice maybe not radical injustice but incredible injustice is how i'll say it they can call out a certain truth of saying hey this is not gonna go well Mm. when you're not taking care of the people around you when you're not taking care of when you neglect the widow and the orphan right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you're gonna you're gonna find trouble when um the rich and powerful are stockpiling food power and 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 wealth Mm. um that's so interesting because because what's coming to mind um right now is and i can't remember his name but in in dr strange um the the guy that Trains Stephen Strange. Oh, Baron Mordo. Baron Mordo. Um, is he the one? Is the bill always comes due? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Baron Mordo. So it always comes due. Yeah, that that's what reminded him of you. He's basically saying like, you know, there's too much magic in the world. <laughs> like he's going at the end of it. He's like taking magic away. Spoiler warning uh, for Doctor Strange. Again, if you haven't seen it by now, come on. We're we're <laughs> you you've had, you had all of quarantine. Like, <laughs> um, yeah. but his his whole thing is like. There needs to be a balance mm-hmm. like and the bill will always come due so you can you can make all these radical and reckless decisions but the bill will always come due like there will always be yeah a price to pay yeah and somebody will have to pay it yeah so and i bring that all up especially in the context of the writing of the bible because it was not written genesis put it in the bible exodus put it in the bible yeah you know Leviticus numbers in order. Yeah, no, no. I at think all. we've talked about this before, but Genesis was probably one of the last books of the Bible compiled and then put into the final structure. Right, right. So when we see these warnings of this is what's going to happen, and then those things happen, remember that a lot of the Bible was put together and written on on papyrus mm-hmm. in a post-exilic context like after israel being sacked by babylon okay i was gonna say can for those of you for those of us who don't know what post exilic mean what's what yeah what are you saying so um there's the exilic period in the bible where israel is is taken from their home Mm -hmm. and taken into captivity in babylon specifically wealthy and powerful right of israel uh think about uh daniel shadrach meshach and abednego the story uh, mm-hmm. those stories they are the young elite for lack yeah. of a better word that are taken from israel into babylon yeah the so, poets the musicians the politicians the culture creators the the bureaucrats, yeah, yeah bureaucrats but yeah yeah um if you want to take power away from a nation you take away their their power players yeah they're they're intellectual elite yeah yeah so they're taken to babylon um and and live in babylon in exile Mm -hmm. and are not able to return to their homeland for 70 years yeah um so the bible is usually seen in pre-exilic or post-exilic terms so (laughs) pre-babylon or post-babylon right um, so what you're saying then is the the majority of the Hebrew scriptures wasn't compi- or wasn't written down mm-hmm. until that post-exilic right. period when they're coming in contact with a lot of other um, societies, a lot of other religions that have their religious clout in writing, right because because remember, when the Israelites are taken into captivity into Babylon, the the reason why the Babylonian Empire was able to, to stretch as far as it did was because of that practice of taking the, the cultural elite into their ranks. Like Babylon and Assyria were known for their bureaucratic structures. Mm-hmm. Like they were really good at bureaucratic structures and administration. So Babylon would collect all these elites from all over the world that they were conquering. And that meant, like, you had intellectuals from the from the Far East, you had intellectuals from mm-hmm. the ancient Near East, you had intellectuals from Africa, from Babylon, from Europe, like, all over yeah. the world. Which is why it's such a radical claim that these... It, I'll get there in a second. It's really remarkable, mm-hmm. because Israel itself is not a prime location for... Um, it's not a prime location to hold, except yeah. for the fact that it's a gateway to Egypt. That is a gateway to. It's a strategic point to get to a larger yeah. military and economic power. So Israel itself, and I, this deserves a lot more context than I'm going to be able to give. Sure, here, but Israel itself really isn't that meaningful to a powerhouse like Babylon mm-hmm. or Syria or Egypt, mm-hmm. um, except for what. They can get two through it. Yeah. So that is why it's such a bold claim for the biblical authors to say Daniel he had it right. The Israelite in the court of Babylon had it right. Yeah. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego they had it right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, even even uh um oh gosh, what's his name? Uh, Esther and Mordecai. Yeah. Like Mordecai, like being the second in command. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah bold claims that um israel's god is more powerful than the mm-hmm. gods of of every other mm-hmm. nation and we see royal decrees to that effect like king darius mm-hmm. says like clearly the god of israel is the one true god right you know and these again these are all radical claims because yep. israel in the large scheme of how um of quote how the world functions by Mm -hmm. this by the by the functions of wealth and power israel is not a power player right because at the point that they're taken into babylonian captivity they are no longer in the same status as they were under solomon Mm -hmm. because solomon david and solomon um kind of led israel into this golden age where people from all over the world were coming to the court of solomon and stuff like that but subsequently after solomon it just goes downhill pretty quickly so the idea being by the time that they're taken into captivity, they're no longer the the power players that they, they even once were, but even on the grand scale, I think they're really not power players to begin yeah. with. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this brings up the, the question, I think, why does this all matter, right? Yeah. yeah Especially was... to the book of Deuteronomy. <laughs> yeah. <I> was... <laughs> Thank you. I was going to ask the same thing. <laughs> um, what we see is... Warning and then the warning happening, prophecy. We see that also in Deuteronomy, mm. um, in a similar light because this all was sparked by you asking about the scribes, right? The, the, the on, unnamed, scribes. unnamed scribes, yeah, 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 yeah. I do believe that unnamed scribes put the book of Deuteronomy together, yeah, um. And I believe that because I think these unnamed scribes were um, in exile mm. mm-hmm. and assembling these books and these writings in exile yeah um because again, the context of Moses' final speech being that of a Babylonian royal decree mm-hmm. um, and and also the the claim later on in the old testament that hezekiah king of israel finds the book of deuteronomy mm-hmm. finds the the, the law mm-hmm. and then it's citing all of these um these claims and inherent um, issues with why israel fell to begin with right um and all of that matters because the biblical authors are doing something here that's brilliant. They're mm-hmm. doing something here um, to set you up as the reader, as the hearer of this story, mm-hmm. to understand things later on down the line in a whole different light. Yeah. Babylon invading Israel, destroying the temple, and taking a, a big portion of Israelites into exile is directly connected. Through the biblical author's mind and writing to Israel's failing as a nation. Yeah. Um. So again, like authorship of Deuteronomy, did Moses write it? I don't think so. <laughs> right. He. he no. <laughs> but it's nonetheless important. Nonetheless important. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And again, I think this was something we talked about it with Genesis as well. But I think it's worth repeating, and that is when we put stock in like the literal fact Mm -hmm. of the biblical author then that can be very kind of tumultuous yeah like for instance if we if we insist that no moses is the author of deuteronomy and nobody else then as soon as we find out like oh unnamed scribes like then then our position falls apart yeah so we're not we're not saying that we're you know chucking moses out and saying like oh well there's no way he could write he could have but what we, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what we tend to, to think, especially in our own study of the, of the scripture and the study of, of theologians and historians and anthropologists and stuff like that is we believe that this is, is nonetheless important and part of our biblical canon, but maybe not assembled in the way that we had ta- been taught to believe. Oh, definitely. So, yeah. And here's the thing at the core of it, I think, or at least partially the core of it. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, if you sleep better at night, if your religion sleeps better at night, knowing that Moses wrote Deuteronomy, okay, the book is still right giving the same insights and the same wisdom. Sure, and again, I, I think it goes back to our our talk about Genesis and and the seven literal days versus seven figurative days. Like that's not the point. Like right. Moses writing the book of Deuteronomy, that's not the point mm-hmm. of the book. Yeah, and the other thing too is that in terms of what you brought up of being fixated on authorship, being fixated on the literal details of it all. The original hearers or readers of the book of Deuteronomy likely probably understood that this was not Moses's pen to paper. Right. Because that wasn't that wasn't the important thing yeah. to them. Yeah. 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 Okay, so um bring it back to the the arcs that we see Mm -hmm. um so we talked about the history of the wanderings and then the the second arc that we see is the reaffirmation the retelling the review of the law itself and that's in chapters 5 through 26 right and uh the question i have for you jeremy is why is there such an emphasis on the law like there out of the entire four story arcs in deuteronomy the Mm -hmm. emphasis on the law is the most substantial so why why this emphasis on the law oh yeah i think i talked about this in leviticus a little bit in our video on leviticus um israel is a people trying to figure out how to be people Hmm. Um, in egypt they were slaves in Egypt they were controlled they were commodified they were yep. they were a resource in mm-hmm. Israel mm-hmm. so coming out of slavery they are now being taught how to be human mm-hmm. and not just how to survive but how to thrive how to live mm-hmm. in a way that honors each other in a way that honors god mm-hmm. so the emphasis on the law is is connected uh, not exclusively but very directly to their nature as people Mm -hmm. um you know there's all (laughs) there's there's the saying like rules are meant to be broken right yeah but for israel in this story it's way less of that and we get you know depending on what um vein of Christianity are raised in mm-hmm. people will tell you like oh the law was put in place to show that we are like totally deprived as humans that we're unable to hold up the law we're unable to very Calvinist to live by the law exactly yeah. <laughs> um, so the 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 perp- like it's almost a trap right yeah. like the purpose of the law is to show that you're you're terrible and unable to keep the law mm-hmm. I don't think that's what is going on here Mm -hmm. the law for israel is their lifeline of like you can do whatever you want in this world Mm -hmm. but again there are repercussions to the way you act and the way you treat one another the the bill will always come due yeah (laughs) so the law Mm -hmm. to israel is a fundamental way of interacting in the world in a way that is beneficial to each other beneficial to the land beneficial to, to god yeah um and we like to throw it out because uh we're not ancient israelites right right and i think okay so the the comparison i'm gonna make because again the way my mind works is connecting to metaphor and mm-hmm. trying to you know, anyway um what i'm about to say the example i'm about to use is not a one-to-one comparison by no means because i think we fall into a trap of like america is israel oh yeah Yeah. so (laughs) i i want to i want a disclaimer saying we're not israel (laughs) america's not israel but what what made me think of of american history was Mm -hmm. your your saying of like coming out of slavery and kind of figuring out what it means to be human and and really self-govern yourself um yeah so again not a one-to-one comparison but similar rhyme to the American Revolution where like all of a sudden there is a free people that need to determine how they're going to rule one another and the emphasis on the law is the Bill of Rights the Constitution the amendments to the Constitution all these things yeah. Yeah. there's a huge focus on that because that will determine how they will function as a governing society and yeah. body yeah so Again, not a one-to-one comparison, but Israel, I feel, is in a similar situation when they come into the wilderness out of Egypt of like all of a sudden they can now make the decisions for themselves of how they're going to rule. And thankfully, they have a a God who is in covenant with them and says like, actually, here's the list of rules, (laughs) you know. So, here's a little fun fact. In one of our previous episodes, Jeff talked about anachronisms. Mm -hmm. I'm going to catch him in one right now. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-oh. Earlier you said You know, Israel is a lot like America and the American Revolution. Mm -hmm. I said it. It rhymed. It was not a one-to-one comparison. No, no, no. But like just the saying of it was like America. America came after Israel. Yeah, sure. Gotcha. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I guess don't watch me anymore. I'm completely. He got got. got, I'm completely uncredible as. as... No, I wouldn't say completely. thanks man <laughs> appreciate that <laughs> okay all right so anyway yeah i i think too the the emphasis on the law is like that is how god chose to interact mm-hmm. with israel like yeah if you follow these laws this is the blessing that will come with it i will be with yeah. you i will go in front yeah. of you in battle i will do all this i will do all these things for you so the emphasis on the law is the law is not necessarily to highlight the imperfection of humanity because oh, i've, I've heard that too yeah um it's to it's my my lead pastor eric uh, mentioned in the sermon one time that the law acts as guardrails to keep israel on track yeah so it's it's directing it's it's keeping israel yeah. between these things and, and saying like this is the way to god yeah so this would be a very niche example yeah go for it um but deuteronomy is a blueprint mm-hmm. for a perfect society yes yeah you call out what you want to on like what that means like sure what society means what perfect means whatever um but i will never forget this um example in my old testament class mm-hmm. at, at seminary being that deuteronomy is like the city of irvine anachronisms okay (laughs) okay okay (laughs) um where the city of irvine it was charted out and planned to be the city of irvine in its full form right um you know power lines sewer systems the, Mm -hmm. the whole the whole
1: the infrastructure was planned, for, yeah. Yeah. yeah, the whole yeah.
0: infrastructure, the whole organization of Irvine was planned before um, digging started, yeah, yeah, and this might not be true, I'm not like a, a your professor could have just, been. one. I'm not a city planner <laughs> by any means, uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'm not an Irvine historian by any means, I'm not even an Irvine resident, yeah, never was was probably never will be but <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you, <laughs> you might have some friends in southern california that might be upset about that yeah well ah, uh, not in irvine but <laughs> anyway anyway but, but anyway irvine is like um again this perfect blueprint in the same way that deuteronomy mm-hmm. is supposed to be a perfect blueprint for the israelites sure yeah that makes sense yeah yeah and again it's it's not only like legal code, but it's also moral and ethical code, mm-hmm. um like you said, how to interact with the earth so that everything is is mm-hmm. flourishing, yeah. yeah, and I think what what it and then we're gonna move move on, but I think one of the things that we have kind of failed to talk about in the Pentateuch is this idea of shalom, oh um <laughs> and how central that is to yeah to the israelite consciousness yeah now for those of you who don't know shalom is the hebrew word for peace and one of the things that i don't really like about english uh is, is that english kind of fails to capture the complexity of, of these languages of these ancient languages yeah because shalom we translate as peace which it is but that's not the whole of it shalom in the bible especially in the old testament talks more about wholeness or completeness or um, god's blessing in living into the complete and whole person that you are or mm-hmm. were created to be so the idea that that god's law the the law in deuteronomy seeks the shalom of all is it, it seeks the completeness and wholeness of all creation slaves uh widows orphans people in power people without power disenfranchised people people in the margins foreigners exiles like all these people the law focuses on bringing them wholeness and com- and completeness yeah so, Shalom, um, right there, because I'm cool, um, is it, the biblical idea of Shalom is this completeness, this wholeness. And I think that the English word for peace kind of, I don't know, boils it down to, it. like, it's, it's unrecognizable in English, yeah. I think. So, I, I would add, too, that the idea of Shalom, like, yes, peace, yes, wholeness, yes, um, completion, like. Being completed as a, as a full human or living as a full person. Yeah. Um, at times those for me, at least sound very kind of amorphous and sure. And sure. Like out there, like, okay, what's it mean to be complete? There's all, there's a yearning aspect almost where like mm-hmm. I will be complete when X, Y, or Z happens. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But there's an, there's still, and this is the beauty of, of, Hebrew scripture and Hebrew storytelling uh Shalom also has an implication of working as it should Mm. right so like yeah functioning as it was functioning as it was designed to function so like you see a clock or a watch when all the tiny cogs and pieces are working Mm -hmm. together Mm -hmm. then it is Shalom it's Mm -hmm. working as it was designed to work Mm -hmm. there's a very practical sense to it too where you know you're working with the land mm-hmm. the way it should be worked the way it was designed to be worked right the earth has an incredible coping mechanism for humanity <laughs> yeah um yeah yeah left on its own the earth and I, I, like yes the planet but also just like ground like dirt earth will recharge itself with nutrients yeah given enough time yeah Um, yeah yeah and that's how it was designed to function right yeah yeah totally yeah um so yeah i think the 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 law this emphasis on the law why why deuteronomy dedicates so so many chapters to it Mm -hmm. um is because it is central to israelite consciousness yeah like you you cannot be jewish in the old testament or in the new testament without having some sort of understanding of the law so um so then after the review of the law is when we get into the third section of deuteronomy and that is chapters 27 through 30 and that is the curses and the blessings associated with (laughs) the law deuteronomy 28 (laughs) yeah so tell us a little bit about deuteronomy 28 yeah deuteronomy 28 moses is up on a mountain whatever talking to the israelites whatever Uh, (laughs) (laughs) typical yeah typical moses Mm -hmm. he tells them in pretty plain terms do good Like, be good, be holy, be righteous, and you will be blessed. Mm -hmm. Don't do that, and you'll be cursed. Yeah. Pretty straight up. Yeah. Pretty sweet deal. All I have to do to be blessed in life, all I have to do to inherit the, the earth is to be good and observe the law? Okay, sign me up. The rest of the, the Bible is an active calling out of that yeah. and being like, hold on a second. I did good, and yet I'm suffering. I mean, that's the entire book of Job. Oh, yeah. My neighbor, <laughs> who is terrible, is thriving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, also, what the book of Ecclesiastes is about. Oh, yeah. There are many wisdom uh, books in the bible and in other ancient near eastern literature but the interesting thing about like the book of proverbs and the book of ecclesiastes is that you have what they call proverbial wisdom 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 from the book of proverbs Mm -hmm. that is very much in line with um deuteronomy 28 Mm -hmm. um like work hard and you'll be rewarded yeah and there's an element of truth in that yeah for sure yeah no, I don't think anyone can deny that. Yeah. And yet, there's another wisdom, ecclesiastical wisdom, wisdom from the book of Ecclesiastes, that examines the world kind of from a critical lens. Saying, <laughs> a little bit of a critical lens. Just a, just a little one. <laughs> um, people like to spin Ecclesiastes into a more hopeful book than it really is. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> side note, if you read Ecclesiastes in a vacuum, oh, sure. then it's awful but you have to put anyway context matters yeah but go ahead ecclesiastes is a response to proverbs and deuteronomy Mm -hmm. saying again you know my my neighbor who is terrible is is thriving (laughs) me who is righteous is is failing all right so this is going to only apply to like very select few of you in the audience which is fine so i'm a seven on the enneagram jeremy's a six (laughs) i'm the book of proverbs jeremy's the book of ecclesiastes oh yeah Yeah, yeah. Rain falls on the wicked and the righteous alike. God blesses the richest, the the richest. Yeah, the richest and the poorest. Yeah, yeah. The righteous is what I meant to say. Mm -hmm. God blesses the righteous. God blesses the unrighteous. Mm -hmm. Everything is meaningless. Yeah, everything is meaningless. (laughs) As a uh, gosh, yeah. Okay. There's lots of implications here, but Deuteronomy 28 is is central to both the um examination of the rest of hebrew scripture and the deconstruction of a lot of hebrew scripture Mm -hmm. so the the question i have then jeremy um and maybe because we've we've talked at great length so these uh, these other two questions that i have are probably going to be a little bit shorter which is okay uh but why is the punishment so severe for disobedience because like these three chapters three 27 so four these four chapters there's a lot of emphasis placed on like the punishment, yeah, and the and the curses, yeah. So why is the punishment so severe for disobedience? The bill always comes due. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. Next question. Nice, just nice, here. nice. Um, why is the punishment severe? Mm-hmm. We talked about it a little bit last time, but just the element of there are stakes for the yeah. decisions we make. There yeah. are repercussions. And and substantial repercussions. Yeah, they like, reverberate through generations, right? Right, yeah. Like we are actively, right and right now in the United States, we're actively, <laughs> maybe we as generous um, to those who are, are not involved. But there's a reckoning mm-hmm. for racial injustice mm-hmm. based off of the decisions that were made up the At the genesis of the united states in terms Mm -hmm. of slavery in terms of how um, we have dealt with people who look different from us yeah so we are dealing with the repercussions of decisions made years ago yeah um yeah and yeah i i absolutely agree i I think the the punishment is so severe because the crime is so severe (laughs) like the the abandoning of the law and the seeking after your own selfish gain versus mm-hmm. you know the shalom of everyone of course it's going to have repercussions of course it's going to have lasting issues and, and yeah. impacts um and i think that it's not unfair of god to say like well this is the punishment yeah because like that's we have to to opt into that punishment we have to make the choices that lead to that punishment yeah, you yeah. know what i'm saying yeah. like those punishments don't happen arbitrarily yeah they happen because we choose to to <clears throat> yeah. do what's wrong yeah um, and I think the punishment is so severe is, is it's a deterrent as well. Like, you know, if if it was just like, okay, Jeremy, you're, you're a Jewish man in, in 1400 BC. Don't, don't go stealing your neighbor's cows. Otherwise, we're going to give you a stern warning. Right. It's not going to do much, right? Yeah. It, it almost reminds me of um, an episode of The Office where um, Dwight is trying to take power over Jim. Mm. And Jim's late to work. He's just like, you're getting a warning three of those you get a written citation five of those you get a, a another verbal warning and then three of those you don't want to know what happens when that, yeah, yeah. you know so it's like the idea is, is that these, these punishments need to, to be deterrents because like if they're not severe enough israel's not going to i mean israel doesn't end up following them anyway but like right, right. there's there has to be incentive for them to not choose the evil and I think that that's what's going on in this blessings and cursing part of Deuteronomy is is that if you do the law, if you do what God wants you to do, good things will happen. But if you don't, these bad things will. Mm-hmm. And that acts in and of itself as almost like a, a, a guidepost or a compass for the Israelites to follow. Yeah. And bringing this into the larger context that we were talking about earlier, it's a similar thing where the writers of deuteronomy remember they have seen the history of israel already the book of deuteronomy is placed at the end of the pentateuch but mm-hmm. before a lot of the rest of the scriptures mm-hmm. particularly the um the exilic stories yep so the writers have already seen the history they already know the history so they are figuring out a way to write about the future while it has already happened hmm. so what we see yeah time and time again is a remembering of here's how we have made mistakes as a nation mm-hmm. how then are we to line all of these actions up in a row and make measurements or calculations right. against something right not something ends up being the law right Narratively, it functions as, okay, here's the signpost that Israel is going to be measured up against as they make these decisions to rebel against God. Mm-hmm. For the writers, this signpost is still measuring up Israel, but for the actions that have already taken place. Right, right. It's it's almost like the, it's written with hindsight. Correct. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so then after the curses and blessings, and, and this is our final question in our final section, the farewell and the death of Moses, almost like a, you know, Lincoln's farewell address, <laughs> or uh, what comes to mind is um, George Washington's farewell address, mm-hmm. like, uh, we're going to teach them how to say goodbye. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Hamilton stuff. Um, but in chapters 31 through 34, we have the death of Moses and the farewell address of Moses. Um, so the final question I have for you, Jeremy, and and try to keep it short. <laughs> is uh why is, is moses's death so important like what why i mean secondary to god moses is their leader yeah moses is the one well god's the one who brings them out of slavery in egypt mm-hmm. but moses is the guy mm-hmm. um, moses is really the first one that speaks to israel Oh, yeah. On God's behalf. Yeah. I mean, Moses is, we don't we don't have time to talk about the larger role of prophets. Sure. In future episodes, we will. Yeah. Like, yes, Israel has kings, but really Israel has prophets. Yeah. Setting them straight and giving them leadership. Or judges, which we'll get into yeah. next time. Yeah. But judge, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> come back next time for... All oh, like hot takes on judges. Um Moses is their leader. Almost uh singularly. Singularly? Sing- singularly. Singularly. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say it again. Moses is a leader. Singularly. <laughs> Moses is their singular leader. There you go. <laughs> okay. So we'll edit or whatever. Yeah. maybe not maybe not i don't know hot takes <laughs> <laughs> um so with moses dying there is a question of like who will lead us and they tell you it's going to be joshua right but how will anyone measure up to Moses? right and not- joshua joshua is a far different leader not only not only because he's not moses because like yeah. that's that's one thing. Yeah. but joshua is much more like strategic military mind anyway mm-hmm. that's joshua is completely different than moses yeah and i'll say this the question of who will lead us after moses is the question until jesus right at least for christians yeah 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 totally um okay so uh jeremy um let's uh go ahead and skip our favorite stories sure um and let's just go straight to uh last call and uh, last call is our final thoughts on the book of deuteronomy so um i guess i'll start yeah give you some time to to think um but for me it's it's interesting that deuteronomy is the end of the pentateuch because there's so much that's almost like a bridge to understanding how israel got from creation to slavery slavery to freedom freedom to the promised land and then promised land to jesus Mm -hmm. (laughs) like i know that's very very broad strokes but i think the book of deuteronomy is is vital to understanding the connection that the jewish people of first century judea the the people that jesus was there with their connection to their ancestral roots in in genesis and, and exodus um i think deuteronomy is a vital component to us understanding the story of god and how god interacts with people and how god continues like, the law doesn't change, like the review of the law, the law doesn't change, like God doesn't change his mind on the law from Exodus to Deuteronomy, but this review and this retelling of it, I think is plays a central role to how we too abide by God's law, by, by God's commandment to love God and to love others, is, is we retell these stories, we retell our history, we retell our, our past narratives so that we can learn from them, we can evaluate right. them with hindsight and say like, this is we can see what happened when we were faithful. We can see what happened when we were unfaithful. Like it, it's a very clear, Deuteronomy gives us a clear lens to evaluate our own past. Um, and not to say that, you know, first century Christians are, you know, the same as, you know, 1400 BC Jewish people. Like that's not <laughs> the case at all. But the idea of being able to evaluate one's past and past story and narrative to, to see where you are in the present. Like that's very, very vital um, mm-hmm. to understand to giving us self-awareness and, and knowing where God is at work so it's my last call <laughs> what about you it could sound bold okay I'm here for bold <laughs> um, but a good understanding of Deuteronomy is foundational to an understanding of the bible Hmm. as a whole unit yeah i agree um deuteronomy through what you were saying of remember your story remember your history it shoots you to the past Mm -hmm. but again with its connections to exile with its connections to what we can to the, to the with its connections to the wisdom that we can glean from placing it in a larger context yeah it shoots us toward the future yeah yeah so deuteronomy very in a very large way is a grounding point mm. it's an anchor point yeah 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 i agree um and again, Deuteronomy 28. Oh man, man, hmm. the whole Bible, arguably, the whole existence of humanity. Because remember, this is just you know Jewish and later on Christian language for the question of what's fair yeah. and what's unfair. Yeah deuteronomy 28 really puts you through the ringer yeah. when asking some of life's hardest questions yeah definitely definitely um so it's nice. worth, worth a read yeah yeah <laughs> and again i think i think deuteronomy 28 if you somehow don't want to read the entire book of deuteronomy which you should it's a great book uh deuteronomy 28 is a, is a vital like a linchpin chapter yeah so check it out um so jeremy before we uh finish out this episode uh where are we going next? We're, we're done with the Pentateuch. Yeah. So where are we going? We're escaping some stuff. Okay. Going straight to the judges. Mm, the judges. So the next few episodes, we're going to be uh, going deep into the lives of the judges. Uh, judges for, again, for those of you who don't know, um, you have the book of Deuteronomy, and then you have the book of Joshua. Joshua talks about the military exploits of Israel inheriting the promised land. So I guess we're not really skipping that much. Yeah, we're not. But I mean, we're gonna mention Joshua at some point. Maybe. But Joshua leads Israel in military battles against the nations that are inhabiting the Promised Land. And then Judges talks about what happens after they inherit the Promised Land. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll be diving into each judge and talking about them. We'll have some new beer, we'll have some a little bit of a new format. They're gonna be a little yeah. bit shorter. Yeah. Um so I was gonna say that a little bit of experimentation. Yeah. So if you like the series on the Pentateuch, like us just jabbering on. Sorry. Yeah, you're gonna be disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) But uh yeah, we're gonna try and aim for shorter episodes, more streamlined, you know. We're we're trying things out. We're learning on the on the go. So thank you for joining us. Um if you like what we're doing, go ahead and and subscribe and you know smash that like button. (laughs) Turn on that bell for (laughs) notification. Um and yeah if you have any questions drop a comment in the section down below and yeah. Thanks for joining us for for our grain offering. So, uh, that being said, you ready? Yeah. <laughs> All right. My name's Jeff. I'm Jeremy, and this has been our grain offering.